no, we, you know, I mean, we, we just, we, the bears are what we thought they were. They're what we thought they were. Say that one more time, play. One more time. One more time. Bear Essentials Podcast is sponsored by Kins Lager Brewery, located in Oak Park, Illinois. They're a local lager-focused brewery. The tap room is currently closed, but you can still order online for local delivery or curbside pickup. The Bear Essentials Podcast listeners will receive a 15% discount on your order by using promo code BEARSPOD. Please visit them at kinslager.com. That's spelled K-I-N-S-L-A-H-G-E-R.com. Welcome to the Bear Essentials. We are Chicago Bears podcast for the fans. On today's show, we predict the Bears' first round draft choice and much more. Hey, Dub, what's the good word, fam? What's going on, Perez? How are you? Good, man. Uh, sorry about your cubbies. I saw they had a tough loss the other day. Hey, man, let's not go there, all right? <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to start it with some bullshit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was a good one, though, no doubt. <laughs> but no, man, everything's good over here, man. Been traveling a bit, work. You know how that goes, man. But you got to do what you got to do, right? Yeah, man. When did you get back? Shit, actually, yesterday uh, around uh, 1 o'clock. Okay, man. Long, yeah, long week for you, then. For our audience. I don't know who's been back on the planes and stuff like that. Man, I mean, I don't, it's nothing against wearing a mask, a dub, a pro, man. It's it's tough wearing that thing for three hours straight. I give so many props to people like this in uh, retail spaces or uh, healthcare professionals that have to wear those things for like an eight-hour shift. I can't yeah. imagine, bro. Damn. That's tough. I tried doing it for some hours, prayers, you know, due to work-wise. And, man, I, I didn't like it at all. It's become very uncomfortable. But I salute those people who are able to do it. I'm with you. I really do salute them. And it, like you said, man... Obviously, this thing isn't going away, but it, just traveling and being on an airplane like that, man, and I, I, I'm already claustrophobic anyway, so sometimes that kind of like with flying, it just is a little tough with that mask, man, but we got to do what we got to do to be safe and to keep people around us safe, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, dude, man, let's get into the show, man. We Man, draft week is on the horizon, eh, Doug? We've been talking about this shit, it feels like, for months. Yeah, man, I'm, kinda, I'm getting excited. The, the closer we get, to draft day, the more exciting I get. It's not just for the Bears, but just because of the whole entire, you know, platform, what happens and everyone is involved. That always gets me going, prayers. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, because like you said, man, obviously we want to see what our team's going to do, but just the NFL draft in itself has always been kind of fun for me. I, I like the drafts anyway, even in the NBA. It's just something about them. It's just like, man, it's like, all right, cool. I want to see what these teams are going to do. You know it's going to be a couple trades. Some, some, something's going to happen. We, we already know. You're going to get a splash, right? You're going to get something. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and man, it, it's just an exciting moment for all of us, man, just to have fun, to enjoy it. And, again, it can make someone's fortune feel pretty good about their team. It can make others feel very bad about their team. So, right. you get it all, man. <laughs> and my thing is this, too. We don't know about your boy Ryan Pace. Man, there may be a trade in the midst. We don't know. And that's the most important part about this thing is a lot of us fans are sitting back. We got no idea what they're going to do. Exactly. I know I don't, man. I'm over here like, okay, what do I think they're going to go with? What they're going to do? You just never, like you said, you just never know what pace, man. That guy reminds me of Kenny Williams in so many ways because he, he don't have a problem with, with gambling. 
Dude, that's such a great analogy because Kenny Williams is definitely that guy. Kenny Williams, I know a lot of White Sox Twitter will be like, he traded away from the, the farm system. But we got to realize that that guy brought us a championship too. Now, Ryan Pace, you ain't done that. But Kenny Williams, <laughs> he gets, he deserves more respect than, he, than he's gotten in this town because that Kenny Williams, he brought us a title. Absolutely. And I'm hoping that, you know, at this point, while we still have him, hopefully Ryan Pace gets, gets us near a title or hopefully get a title, I will hope for but, you know, we'll see, right? The jury's still out on that part, but you're right. Him and Kenny, they, they have no problem with gambling. Ryan Pace is to get us a quarterback, first and foremost, man. You owe us a quarterback. <laughs> yeah, he's in debt for sure. <laughs> Time to collect. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we ready. Yep. What piece of news that came out this week, A-Dub, that I wanted to get your thoughts on was uh, Tyshawn Gibson resigned. Now, this was a guy that I've mentioned over the last couple of weeks that have, it made sense for me for them to bring him back because of uh-huh. continuity the fact that he knows the system. But what were your thoughts there? Because to me, it wasn't a big surprise that they ended up re-signing him. To me, Perez, I had no issue with it at all. The guy, like you said, is a veteran in the game. He's been here. He knows our system. He played his best game the last game of the season, right, in playoffs against the Saints. When it counted, too. Exactly. So to me, it shows that, hey, he's still big time, still got something left in the tank. I'm looking forward to having him. He'll be pretty good with Deion Bush, right? We still have Deion Bush. We got Eddie Jackson and him. It makes a nice little core right there from a safety standpoint. So I'm not surprised. I'm not disappointed. I think Desai will like having him around. So I think it'll be a good idea for us. Good thing to have him back. As you mentioned, over the course of the season, he started off good. Then he kind of tailed off. But then he picked it up over the course of the back end of the season. Had a really good, strong game there against the Saints. While it took them a while to re-sign him, it wasn't a surprise. I'm sure they got him back on a team-friendly deal. What I'm thinking of as we look at the draft, A-Dub, I was looking at that safety position and I just said, hey, we need to make a move there in the draft with the safety position. That would bring Gibson back. I still think they need to draft a guy more of like a developmental type piece. But now I think that that pick can maybe happen later in the draft as opposed to maybe some of the earlier days in the draft. I had that same thought process. We got three guys, right? Three vets in the game, right? That's playing for the Bears. That'd be nice for a young cat to come and learn from those guys. Bring in the draft someone, the team to develop. He got a lot of people to pick their brains and learn from. So that'll be good. And don't forget about DHC. So he's also in that mix as well. So, I mean, that safety room has a lot of established veterans. And so, yeah, you get a developmental guy in this draft and he can learn behind those guys. And guess what? That could be somebody that maybe can be elevated next year or the year after. So, you know, you never know. Exactly. But a duo of Eddie Jackson and Gibson, I'm okay with it. Yeah, me too, especially on the Desai system. So I think Desai is going to have a very good system to where both of them can be effective this coming season. So I'm very confident in that. When a lot of people were discussing this in the fan base about Gibson coming back, there was a lot of mixed opinions on him. But I would just say this. I just want Eddie Jackson to go back to being Eddie Jackson. If Gibson can basically be a guy that we can depend on, that will do his job, get the job done, Desai needs to put Eddie Jackson in a position where he can make plays. That's what I think this defense is at the next level. I agree with that. So you're right. If Eddie Jackson can get back to his old self, to who he used to be the year before, oh, man, the guy was excellent at his role. I mean, Pro Bowl for sure. And I think if he get back to that point, oh, man, that can do no more but then help our defense look even better. Because I'll tell you what, the Eddie Jackson with the football in his hands is dynamic. Any chance that we could get with him with the, in the secondary, picking the ball off, fumble recovery, creating some sort of a, a play, that guy in the open field is exciting to watch. So I just want him to get back to those ball hawking ways that, that we saw with him. 
Yeah, and just playing football, right? Get back to just playing natural football, what you used to do, what you normally do. So I think last year, it seems like last season was out of his element a little bit. Like he yeah. was doing things that was out of character, right? Now let's go back to being you, Eddie. You got a chance to do on you. Do you, man. Get to that ball. Hey, make some plays. Make some things happen. Because that was one of the things in this last season or two, we got away from that. We, we lost that identity of creating turnovers. And I hope that the side does bring that back to this defense. But we also talk about A-Dub and the fact that it starts up front. We got to start getting pressure on these quarterbacks. Not only getting pressure on them, but getting home. And that's also another piece of the puzzle, too, that I hope that the side is going to be creating different ways to turn up pressure on these quarterbacks that will open up opportunities for Eddie Jackson to be able to make some plays. Absolutely. And I think Eddie Jackson will have to be at the right place at the right time, right, to be able to read that, like he did a few years ago, right, able to read what's happening, what's going on when we get home being right the right place to make those deflections or get those turnovers. So that's what's going to be a key for him. But you're right. Decide that he can help with that aspect of things and get our defense back on track, especially that front. Some sad news that we had over the course of the last couple of days was uh, Steve McMichael being diagnosed with ALS. We found that out. And that one was tough to just even hear. We know that there's no cure for ALS. Adele, what were your thoughts there when you heard that news? That was heartbreaking, friends. A legend within the yeah. organization. Yeah, man, I was so sad to hear that battle, man. It kind of reminded me, just in general, of when we have anybody who go through any kind of health issues and we wonder where the Bears are, you know, when it comes down to things of this nature. So I'm looking forward to seeing what the Bears could possibly offer or do for him. I understand they can't cure it, right? But at least being there to show support and all those different things, that what you hope for. And the guy spent so many years here, man, putting his life on the line, playing football under those conditions at that time frame with those rules, right? Yep. Um, and, and now you wonder the guy now has this type of disease here, you know, that's uh, unfortunate. You wonder what we can do as an organization to show our support. Even the fans, us, you know, show our support for him and what he's done over the course of his career with the organization. So I do feel bad, man. Hate to see anyone go through this kind of a thing, Fred. I really do. Yeah, and, and for our audience, ALS is just also known as Lou Gehrig's disease. So he was diagnosed with this about three months ago, and it just shuts down your brain's ability to communicate with, with your muscles of the body. So what Steve McMichael actually mentioned in his interview was that he's lost the ability to move both of his arms. And he said that his legs are getting weaker and weaker by the day. Now, I want yeah. you guys to think about this. This was a 300-plus pound football player. He also right. wrestled. Big guy. But this disease now is reducing him to a shell of himself. They said that he lost nearly 60 pounds. This disease, we know with this ALS, it doesn't let up. The big thing for our fan base, man, we, we got to pray for this brother, but also in the spirit of what A-Dub mentioned, his family put together a GoFundMe account and they have a website that we're going to put that up on our social. So anybody that's listening and wants to help and support Mongo and his family as he fights this deadly disease, I definitely encourage you guys to make that donation and help out. Because not only to me was Steve McMichael an awesome player, but dude, he was a nice-ass guy. Like I remember running into him a lot of times in the city. Mongo was always out and about having drinks at various bars. He was always one of the people that you could go up to. He'd shake your hand. He'll tell you a funny story about the Bears and Mike Dicker. He always had a really good Mike Dicker stories. He would also buy rounds of drinks for bars and stuff like that, dude. And I was just like, man, dude, this guy is just a really, really good guy. And I'm telling you this, A-Dub, and you know this personally. I've met a lot of these guys, these former players from the 85 team. A couple of them, I think, that are fucking assholes. Steve McMichael is not one of those guys. Genuine, genuine great guy. And I would just say, man, anything we could do to like help this guy out right now at this time or help his family up, I definitely hope more of our Bears Nation will, will rise up and, and help out Steve McMichael. 
Absolutely, Prez. That's well said. I wish I would got a chance to meet him in person. You're right. Seems like he's a very nice gentleman. What more can you ask for from a guy like that? You know, it's just sad to see anyone like him in a situation like this because it is hard. It's heartbreaking for sure. I just hope the Bears Nation, we all show our support, our love for him and appreciate what he's done for the organization. We talk about it a lot on this show. This game is a violent sport. It takes more from these guys than it gives them. That's one of the things where you look at this and you have to say, this guy right here, they were showing in his interview, he weighs less now than he did when he was in high school. And that's what this disease is basically stripped away from him. That's tough. It's really tough to hear. Kind of get emotional just by hearing about it in general. You know, those who watch the Bears and, and know what the Bears are about, you see how great he was. You're like, man, you know, this is a legend. This is a hitter, you know? Mm-hmm. And it just, it just hurts you more, right? Just seeing that, you know, one of the guys who felt this like, Hulk Hogan, right? He's like one of the Hulk Hogan's of the team. You know what I'm saying? And now to see, you know, you see a guy like that, right? Sick now, you know, to where now he's at this point in his life. And it's just hard. It really is. Like you said, larger than life personality, man. Larger than life personality. But one thing that I was really, I smiled about when he, when he had the interview is he still had a sense of humor, man. And that's the one thing that I love that even though this disease is breaking his body down, he still got that sense of humor, man. It was cracking jokes and whatnot, man. So just goes to show you the core of who he is. And I'm sure he's going to fight to the very end with this disease. Absolutely, Perez. He's going to he's gonna fight. And the thing, like you said, man, you love his humor, man. The guy is always funny. He's always have upbeat. When he speaks, you just love to hear him talk. But at the end of the day, Perez, it's our job to show our support for him. It's our job as Bears Nation to continue to support him. Let's do whatever we can to help out. Yep. So we'll get that link out there on our socials just for anyone that wasn't familiar. But... Definitely a fundraiser that's going around to just basically help him and his family out. So, again, prayers uh, to Steve McMichael and his uh, his family. Prayers going up. So, speaking of also conditions, we saw that Justin Fields admitted to some of the teams that he's been managing epilepsy. What did you think there? I was like, wow. First of all, you wouldn't have known, right, based on the way how he plays on the field. But, unfortunately, prayers in football, they always look at health, right? It's unfortunate, but they always look at that health mental physical, whatever. And those things that could cause your stock to drop a little bit. The good thing about him is they did say you can grow out of it, right? You can possibly grow out of it, which is a good thing for him. But any slight thing that anyone can see from a health standpoint, they always almost ding you on it, man, which is unfortunately. So with that, I thought that, hey, this opened up a chance for others to probably be able to explore him, to take him as a quarterback if some of the top teams don't get him right away. I think he's still one of the best talented quarterbacks out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he'll still be good for anybody's team, actually, whoever drafts him. So um, I'm hoping that our Bears be in the sweepstakes for him, for sure, right? If any slight drop of him on the stock because of this here. But overall, I think the guy's going to be fine. I have no concerns about him as far as being a football player. Yeah, man, I agree with you, too. And I, I actually know people in my day-to-day life, even though they're not going to be playing in the NFL, but I know people that manage epilepsy as well. And like you said, man, I think a lot of times what I've seen with some people is they've actually outgrown it. And yeah. what they're saying is that in this case with Justin Fields, it hasn't affected him on the field. And there is also probably a possibility that he could outgrow it as well because they were reported that some of his family members have outgrown the condition. Right. And he's not the first player in the NFL to play managing epilepsy. So while I know that a lot of times in this league that these teams do pay attention to the the health and the and the, those type of risk factors of players, I do think that in this case, I think Justin Fields should be just fine because I'm sure he's taking medication for it. And from what I saw, A-Dub, they say he hasn't even had any recent seizures. That's a big key factor right there, Perez. So for me, 
I have had any words because of that reason you just shared. It's been a while. I mean, and none of us really heard about it really about any issues with that last season, right? For him. Mm-hmm. So it's like, well, you know, maybe it's, it's a thing, it's a situation, but hey, we can get through it. And I think what he's been doing so far, he's been doing a pretty good job at handling and managing it. So for me, I just don't have no concerns as far as him getting drafted for a team. So I think he'll do fine. Yeah. But A-Dub, you brought up a hell of a point, though, earlier in the sense that, you know, when a report comes out like this, though, this may cause some teams to shy away from him. But right. I, w- I would say this. That man's resume speaks for himself. If they want to pass up on a generational talent, let them do it. Because I swear to God, if, if there's any kind of way that Ryan Pace can trade up, if this guy drops a little bit, we better pounce on this kid. Absolutely, Prince. I am with you on that, man. Because like you said, the talent this guy has, man, is like you said, it's one of those type of towns that you can say, you know what, this is a guy who could be a quarterback for a long time. I love what he can bring to the table. I'm hoping in a way that his stock does drop a little bit to give us an opportunity. <laughs> you know, that's just me being selfish right now, Perez. It but, is what it is. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> but we know how the game go, right? When they find out something, this is what happens, right? But open the door for some other people who really want to use this guy's talent. And I'll tell you right now, like you said, Perez, we as Bears fans, the Bears organization, this is a guy we can use ASAP. And also, too, one thing that I want the audience to think about on this, we know that the 49ers have the third pick in the draft. So all eyes are going to be on San Fran to see what they do at three. Because if they end up going for, you know, Mac Jones, or if they decide to go with Trey Lance or something like that at three, and Fields gets uh, basically left out there on the table, that could cause a domino effect that teams may start to offer up some of their draft picks to trade down. Because we've seen where there's a couple teams that have said that they're open to making trades. The Carolina Panthers have basically said that they're open to trade it down in the draft. So you could see some scenarios now with a guy like that, if he starts to fall, that Ryan Pace may pick up that phone and say, hey, what's good, Carolina? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Hey, look, hey, Ryan Pace is right now dialing out right now. Hey, what do you guys think? What do you guys think? So he's already on the phone, I think, right now, Press, trying to figure out what these guys are going to do, what these other organizations are going to do from a draft standpoint. So it wouldn't shock us at all, man, once we hear or see that Ryan Pace have done something (laughs) to possibly put us in contention. So it wouldn't shock us. Ryan Pace? As A-Dub and I always say, do something, do something, do something. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Get it done. Yeah, for real. The last thing that I wanted to discuss before we get into the nuts and bolts of the episode, A-Dub, this week the NFL, they came up with some rule changes and a bylaw change. There were some notable ones that I wanted to go over with you. There's a rule now that they're going to eliminate overtime in the preseason. I loved hearing that. What were your thoughts? Oh, yeah, man. I like that idea. I think prayers in preseason, no one wants to see players get hurt, right? Nobody wants to see that happen. So eliminating that part of it, I'm all for it. I think the damage is already done with with the quarters. You already got enough out of the players during that time frame. So OT, to me, really isn't necessary. You got what's trying. These are games that don't matter where you win or lose, really. You're more seeing how your players play. Can they compete? Um, Are they ready to, you know, play the regular season game, right? That's what you're trying to do. Still scouting your team out. So for me, I think that's enough time frame to really determine that. You don't need OT to help you out. And also, too, I mean, to be honest with you, if we could just find ways to, like, just decrease these over, these uh, preseason games as a, as a whole, I just think that, man, right now we need to be thinking about these players' health and trying to find ways to limit their exposure to injury. Now, some people may argue and say, well, Perez, these guys can get injured in practice. True. But I, agree. I would say every snap, that meaningless snap that you can reduce, it just helps these guys out. You know, and like I said, this is a very violent sport. So right. 
any rule change that we can help to preserve the players, I think is very important. We're just not thinking about the reduction of injury where they can play. We're thinking about, man, what about these guys after football? What about them in their, in their future endeavors? We see what football has done with the older generation of players where these men are now like in their 40s and 50s and they're a shell of themselves. Yeah, man, you hit a good point there, Perez, the long-term um, effect of this. So you're right. To me, when it comes down to OT in general, I'm not sure there's been a lot of overtime preseason games anyway. So for me, it's like, well, doesn't you know doesn't make a difference with that rule change right there. But I think what your point is around the fact of saving someone's health, that matters. Because again, you don't want anybody getting hurt in the tune-up game, right? These are really tune-up games, trying to get ready, get prepared for the season, you know, brush off a little rust. But you don't want to do too much. Because you see a lot of time with the starters, right, Press? They don't play many minutes, right? The starters, sometimes no. they play a few minutes and then they, they back on the bench resting out. But that's what you want. Get a few snaps in, relax, you know, see where you are, see where you're at, get your rhythm right, and then and move on. But the thing is, no one want to see anyone get hurt. Now, over time, it's pretty much unnecessary to have. Exactly. I mean, and we've even seen in, in other seasons where certain of your star players, they don't even touch the field in the, uh, in the preseason. So we're just starting right. to see more and more teams are starting to realize that, hey, preseason really should be some for some of your bubble guys and guys that are fighting to, to make the team or even maybe some of your rookies that are trying to get some experience in the league. But these veterans, I don't think a lot of these guys need that time out there. So just eliminate this overtime and reduce these games and let's play some meaningful football. <laughs> right. <laughs> Check this out, Bruce. What more are you going to find out with OT versus the, um, you know, the regular re- regulation. <laughs> what more are you going to find out? <laughs> the, the only thing that people will probably argue and say to us is, well, you could put them through that situational type of part of the game. But what I would say to that is set that up in practice. Do that at training camp. Right. Exactly. There are other ways we can determine that based upon than just OT. Another rule change, and this one was really interesting for me when I saw it pop up, A-Dub, was they are going to permit replay officials and designated members of the officiating department to provide certain information to on-field officials. So we've seen a lot of times in this sport where we'll be watching something, it'll get replayed or challenged, and then you're like, whoa, how'd they miss that? Or what the hell happened here? So now in this case, there's going to seem to be a little bit more collaboration between the on-field officials and people that are within the officiating department. So what do you think there? Because I thought that that was a really good change. Yeah, you know what, Perez, what do you call those press box officials? I thought they always had good insights anyway, right, when it came down to these plays that happened, especially these tough ones, right? Nothing wrong with getting a consultation from those guys because they see things that maybe those officials may have not seen, right? The more help they can get to get it right, Perez, without causing more time, I think that's good because those press box officials are all over the place, for sure, when they actually go through a, go on the review. So I think having that other voice, the other, you know, um, consultation that will help make the right decision, I'm all for it. Yeah, man, I think that's a good point, bro, because let's just think about this. When these situations happen, what what can hurt having more communication from the booth, so those guys that you mentioned, to those guys down on the field? Because when I look at it, I think that having those people that have another vantage point will cut down on some of the errors that we've seen officials make. Right. Because there's a lot of times that we'll be sitting there on, on our couch and we'll be like, oh, man, that was a, that was a terrible call. But we also have the benefit of being on our couch and we're making these like opinions and thoughts on it. But having that person in the official stand being able to say, hey, you know what? No, this is kind of what I'm seeing. You might want to go back and look at it one more time and look at it from this vantage point or this angle, right? To make sure that they get it right. Think about it. It's it's stuff as simple as uh, whether someone had possession or whether a pass was complete or not. Like these are the type of things that I think come up where some of the officials don't really have a good 
grasp or a good understanding on what they're seeing. You make a good point, man. And I think those guys coming with a different perspective, a different viewpoint, that is a plus. Because guess what? We on the field, you only can see so much. One of the last rule changes that I wanted to at least touch on, as I mentioned, there were seven of them in a bylaw change, but we're not going to get into all seven in, in the bylaw change. But one of the other ones that I thought that was interesting was the Kansas City Chiefs, they also basically wanted an amendment on they wanted uh, jersey numbers expanded. So they wanted options for certain positions to be expanded. And we saw that Tom Brady came out and he had some words to say about it. So <laughs> what, what, what were your thoughts there when it came to the jersey numbers expansion? Hey, look, I never had an issue with jersey numbers to begin with, man. I always say it praise the players make the jerseys anyway, right? That's to right. Me, you know, so if you got a problem with someone wearing a certain jersey number, come on, man, relax. Get over yourself, you know. You should be able to identify who, you should be able to identify anybody on the field, pretty much, praise who's, who's coming to block, who's coming on a blitz. That's just called read the defense, really. You know how to see you should know how to read the defense. But at the end of the day, numbers are only important when it comes down to me from the fact that you want to know this player's game. Like, this player's outstanding. Who is that? If I don't know his name already, right, Perez? Mm-hmm. Who is that guy right there? Maybe I want to go get that jersey. Maybe I want to purchase that jersey because that guy looks so great on the field. Great blocker, great running back, whatever. To me, it don't matter who got who's wearing what number. I don't care if anybody, if you're wearing zero to 100. It don't matter. Players make the name of the jersey. You ask me the number. So that's what brings life to those jersey numbers to players. And so for our audience, just in case you guys didn't see what the new rule is, is going to allow quarterbacks, punters, and place kickers to wear numbers from 1 to 19. Defensive backs to wear numbers anywhere from 1 to 49. Running backs, tight ends, and wide receivers, 1 to 49, 80 to 89. Right. Offensive linemen, 50 to 79. Defensive linemen, 50 to 79 and 90 to 99. And now linebackers can wear jersey numbers from 1 to 59 or 90 through 99. My thoughts on this A-dub was, depending on what team it is, there's some teams like the Bears that have retired a lot of jerseys, right? right? So that's why for me, this rule changed. I said, well, okay, cool. Well, they probably were running out of numbers to use, so expand it. Let these guys wear whatever the hell they want to wear, and let's keep it moving. Right. <laughs> that's a good key element right there, Prince. Retired jerseys. <laughs> right. <laughs> hey, man, so many numbers are gone. <laughs> Can't use those numbers anymore, man. They mm-hmm. retired. You got to go a different direction. We got so many numbers that has not been retired that we can choose from. So doesn't matter if a running back, you know, or somebody else has it. Doesn't make a big difference to us, right? Get the number. Hey, make some out of the number. Make the number represent something. <laughs> make it mean something when you wear it. So uh, for me, I'll be identifying who my wide receivers are regardless. Where I identify who's the who's playing who, right? You, you'll know that already by the, based upon why people stacked up on the field. So I think for me, number's not the major part for me, issue for me. Right, because that's what Tom Brady basically, when he was calling it out, he said it's going to cause a safety issue. And he basically said, that it's going to be difficult to identify blitzers or who's the middle linebacker or the defense. And I thought, well, the number is not going to just be the end-all, be-all, because as you just said, A-Dub, you got to look at the, the formation, look at the way pe- people are lining up. And so right. he was worried that he said, good luck making sure the offensive linemen are blocking the right people. He didn't seem to like it too much. Man, get over yourself on that. <laughs> Tom Brady, get over it, man. Get over it. You, you, you've been in the game a long time, man. You're not that old school to where you can't read defense. We know that. You 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 know what the blitzes are coming from. You know what guys jumping from. You can help your line. Get, I mean, there are people on the line, right, who who lead the line and can say, hey, look, you got that blocker that's coming through, right? You can always call out. Your centers, your centers say, hey, yeah. 22's the mic. You know, the centers, yeah. <laughs> you know? Exactly, exactly. So they already call now who's well in the field, man. And then some of these guys you already know. I think from my standpoint, you've been in the game a long time. You know some of these guys once you do your homework, right? 
So you know who's who. You're not caring about what number he's wearing, really. You're like, hey, that's John Doe coming through. Hey, you got to put a block on him. <laughs> you already know he's coming. So <laughs> you'll be able to identify certain guys anyway. And, of course, numbers, you'll find out who they are number-wise regardless. But the thing is, you know who they are. So it's not like it's that obvious to where they're being disguised because they got a new number or something. <laughs> no. Right. You read the defense, you'll know what's happening. You'll know what's the zone coverage. You'll know what's man-to-man. You'll know what's the guy blitzing. <laughs> it's not based upon numbers. It's blitzing. You know, sometimes it's a safety blitz. Does it matter? No. <laughs> Quarterback blitz, right? You, you got to pick up the reads regardless. Well, so it's funny. So A-Rob, when he heard about the, the numbers changed, he said, cool, give me that numero uno. So he already <laughs> looks like A-Rob wants to change his number to one. Darnell Moody's not going to be in luck. He wanted to change his number to three because that's the number he wore in college, but that number has been retired on the Bears. Right, right. See, like you said, Press, a lot of numbers been retired already. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we got to stick with what we can get. So, but yeah, I like the idea, man. Like, guys, what they want to wear, man. Some of these guys want the lower numbers anyway. So, hey, let's have fun with it. That's right. Because I'll say this, Darnell Moody, you are a hell of a player, but I don't see how Bronco Nagurski uh, is or his family is going to be okay with you taking that jersey number and wearing it out there. <laughs> the so enjoy enjoy that number eleven. Exactly. Keep number eleven, man. I'm excited for number eleven. Keep that. Don't change that up. I get why you want to change it, but hey, let's roll with number eleven. Yeah, there you go. There you go. But yeah, man, I think that rule change, man. I don't see anything wrong with it. I think also too, it adds a little bit of fun to the league because yeah, you think about it, college. A lot of these guys they wear you know, single-digit numbers, right? And, and they may be, a, you know, a linebacker or whatever the case may be. I kind of think that that's fun. And I think that they're going to be able to bring that to the NFL now. So I actually, with the jersey number change, I think it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, Perez. Here's the other thing, Perez, with some of these top players, right? Talk about marketing. I think for me, I like the lower numbers, you know, 23 on down, whatever. Yep. <laughs> you know, 23 how it was, magic number. Number three, number two. It's like guys with those single-digit numbers as well, or double digits that lower, not so high like in the 50s or 60s. Those all, to me, I think they always they always sell from a marketing standpoint. So those lower numbers, man, to me, just seems they make a, make a big difference when you have great players playing with lower numbers. Seems like it's more of a marketing tool, you ask me. Yeah, they look good. Like when I, when I played it in, in high school, I wore number two. I just, just love the way that that number looks. Like, that single-digit number, bro, is just it's badass, bro. And so we're going to see a lot of that, I think, coming back. You're going to have a lot of these players that are going to be wearing those single-digit numbers. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to that. Yes, sir. Well, listen, audience, the moment of truth is now here on the horizon. A-Dub and I have been talking for months now about this player in the draft, the senior bowl. We talked about the tape that we watched on guys. We've had draft analysts come on and give us feedback on different guys but now it is time for a dub and i to unveil our choices for who the bears are going to draft at 20 in the first round and you guys already know that a dub and Woo. i made a bet a dub you want to disclose what our bet is now or you want to tell them after we give these choices i'm gonna let you tell them after we give these choices <laughs> i bet well a dub <laughs> i'm gonna kick this over to you sir the moment of truth what is A-Dub's prediction at 20 for the Chicago Bears? Prez, my prediction is the Bears are going to draft Caleb Farley. Cornerback. Okay. And okay. you know what, Prez? This guy is, one of, to me, one of the best talents. One of the best talents in the draft. He has all the tools. He's solid. The guy can guard anybody. You know we already lost Fuller. We need a replacement at that position for sure. At some point, we're going to have two points for a year, but we're going to need somebody that's going to step up and take that role. This guy has a lot of tools, man. He's tough. His speed, Perez, 
I mean, he can play in zone coverage. It fits what Desai wants to do, Perez. To me, he makes more sense than any of these guys. Because guess what? It's too many speedsters in this league now that you got to guard. And I think he makes perfect sense of being a guard those guys, even though he opted out last season. Well, I will tell you this, A-Dub. That's a hell of a pick because uh, that kid right there, he's got some talent. Really good size on him. Quick. Athletic. And one of the things that you didn't mention, and this is one of the, the best things about him, is in man coverage. Yes. He's a great, great cover. He's got ball skills. That is an addition that I would definitely gladly welcome to this Bears uh, defense if they were able to pull the trigger on him. I've been going back and forth with this press for a while. I'm like, man, where do we want to go with this part of it? But he just makes sense to make more sense to me, press at this moment. If you think about the entire draft and what's all out there and what the talent level is at these different positions, it's not a whole lot of talent to me at that cornerback position out there like a guy like him. So for me, I'm like, well, this makes more sense to me at 20 because, hey, guess what? Ain't many guys like him that's out there playing. So we get him? Oh, man. Him and Jamin Johnson together, press and the size system, oh, man, this can look pretty good, man. Look pretty good. Okay. And I will say this, too. When we look at that DB position, so uh, Patrick Sertan is probably someone that teams think are going to go in the top 10 of the draft. But when you look at Sertan versus your guy Farley, I still say, man, look, you can't go wrong with either one of those guys. And if the Bears right. happen to be able to get Farley at 20, that would be a hell of a pickup. That's what I'm looking forward to, Perez. That is my pick. I have gone back and forth with this. That seems to make much more sense on this one. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, Adel's prediction, Caleb Farley, corner from Virginia Tech. All right. Yes, sir. So, great minds must think alike because at 20, I also had the Bears picking a cornerback. A different one, though, but still a corner. Okay. I have us going with the Northwestern corner, Greg Newsom. Hmm. I've gone back and forth between this position and maybe thinking that they would go offensive tackle. But because the offensive tackle position is so deep in this draft, I almost damn near think that they can get an offensive tackle that's just as strong in the second or third round just as much as they can get one in the first round. When I look at this quarterback position, by cutting Kyle Fuller, we maybe took a position that was a strength and we weakened it. So I think we need to go ahead and bring in a quarterback even if Trufant is the guy for the year, you still need to have a guy that's going to be able to come in and be a tandem with Jalen Johnson for years to come. Mm-hmm. So I say Greg Newsom. Now, I know some people may say to me, but Perez, now you're going to have two corners with injury issues because that is one of the knocks on Greg Newsom. Right. His injury pass. But when I look at this guy's skill set, not only is he good at man coverage, but he can play off coverage too. So we know that the Bears like to do the off coverage. That's their that's their, their yep. But a guy like Newsom, versatile, good speed, really good size, bro. And you get a guy like him, you can plug him in, and he'll be good to go. So that is my guy. He's confident. He plays with a little bit of a swagger. In his pro day, he ripped off a 4-3-8 40-yard dash. So he's got some speed now. Yeah, yeah, he does. I agree. So. The biggest thing that I just loved about him, bro, is when I look at our Chicago Bears corners, when you looked at a Kyle Fuller, what was Kyle Fuller? He was tough. He was physical. He would come up and he would hit somebody, right? With Jalen Johnson, even with Jalen Johnson having the bad shoulders, Jalen Johnson still would come up and fucking hit somebody, right? When I look at a guy like Newsom, when you look at him on tape, 
He's tough, bro. Physical. I just feel like somebody like him would just be really, really awesome in this Bears uniform. So for me, Prez, I am saying Greg Newsom, quarterback from Northwestern, Bears pick at 20. Woo, that is a good one, Prez. And think about it, Northwestern, it's so much in our backyard, right? Somewhere in our backyard. So that's a guy that should be on the radar of scouting anyway, really, you ask me, Prez. So that's a nice pick. I like him as well. I think the guy has a lot of upside to him. Uh, like you said, if he stays healthy, he can be pretty sharp for anyone's team if he's healthy. So that part, all the things he has, the tools, I know a little bit of speed was probably a little bit of a lack on him from that standpoint, but you're right. He's able to show that he's, uh, he does have it. He can cover very well. Deflections, he can deflect the ball. He can play tough, physical. Those things you're looking for in, 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 in a quarterback for those attributes. So, man, I'm not surprised you make that pick, man, because, hey, guess what? He could be our number 20. There you go. And I just I just think that he'll be a nice plug-and-play guy for us. So that's yep. my guy there at 20. I'm going to give the listeners one little quick bonus pick before we disclose what our bet was. So in the second round, I think that the Bears should target wide receiver. And in that second round, I've gone back and forth over who that pick would be. I know some people have said, oh, man, we should get Kellen Bond here. No, I want us to get receiver. And I'm going to go with another Big Ten player, Rondell Moore. He's shifty, a little versatile receiver that we can put in the slot. And I don't know if, if any of our listeners, if you haven't seen a lot of Rondell, look up his highlights and turn on his film. Because I'm telling you, whenever they put like a linebacker or somebody on him, shit, that shit was game over. <laughs> they would line him up in the slot. He's out running these linebackers. It was forcing safeties to have to cover him. Now, he's only like 5'9", and he's very slight build. But, bro, he ran a 4'2", bro. Sheesh. And on top of this, the thing that really excited me about this kid, there's a video of him on social media. He was squatting 600 pounds. The kid's 180 wow. pounds. Woo! Think about that lining up in the slot with that speed, also strength combination. Imagine how that'll look in this offense with an A-Rob, with a Darnell Moody, and then the recently required Goodwin. Imagine that wide receiver room. Man, that's that detailed scouting right there, Fred. That's <laughs> called detailed scouting, man. Getting down to it. Man. You know, some of those uh, intangibles right there, right? Man, yep. got to have that, those skill sets along what he can do, and that burst as well, in the hands. Man, hey, look, you want a guy to play with our guys, Money Moon and A-Rod. <laughs> that's what you want, right? You need another weapon, right? You need another weapon, a consistent weapon at that. He's one of those guys I think can be consistent. So. And one thing that I wanted to point out with this, right? So now think about this. We lost Cordero Patterson, right? So that was our kickoff returner. He's gone. So yeah. now you, if you draft a kid like this with this type of speed, now you got a kickoff returner. In addition to maybe what he could do, learning the system, being a guy in the slot, so maybe he could occasionally spell, you know, Goodwin, or, or if they decide to put Moody in the slot from time to time, you got right. an interchangeable piece that you can swap in and out. That's true. But think about what he might be able to do in the return game with that type of speed. Praise. They might decide to even use it for punt return if they were to get him right. Probably can use it for that too. You never know. Like maybe to spill Tariq Cohen here and there. Yeah, you never know. It, it, exactly, exactly. So this guy can be a utility type player, right? That can do it all. So I was really excited watching him on tape. So listeners, if you take a look at it, look at Rondell Moore. Remind me a little bit of a Steve Smith. You guys remember how Steve Smith was a little shorter player, but the kid was strong as hell? That's kind of... That's kind of who this Rondell Moore reminds me of. 
Man, Steve Smith was nothing to play with, man. Hey, uh, <laughs> he, played, <laughs> he played no games. Exactly. I still get mad about we played against Steel maybe four in the past. The playoffs, oh, man. my God. Man. Poor, poor, poor Peanut. <laughs> yeah, man. He, he took care of business on us, man. So, hey, this guy didn't think like Steve Smith, man. Woo. That's a, I, that's a good comparison. Hey, Dub, I still remember being at that game and watching Steve Smith. He was running for his – I feel like – Every time he touched the ball, it was just green grass in front of him. I'm like, is somebody going to get in front of this guy? Right. <laughs> what the hell was exactly. going on out here? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Because the thing is, he's a little, he looks a little stocky, right? It's like, you don't uh-huh. think a guy like that can move his ass off, right? Yeah. And the guy can make good cuts, get open, quick speeds, quick reads. I mean, he's good at getting open, man. And, man, Peanut was trying, though. It's just that, hey, the guy was just too much, right? <laughs> My God, he torched us, dude. He had, like... I remember it was over 200 yards receiving in that game. What it was something crazy, something like that. Yeah, and man, every time I think about that, I said, "Man, that, that's one hell of a game he had against us." Woo! Yeah. So if if Rondell Moore could be anything like what Steve Smith has been in his career, kudos to us, man, because that would be a great addition to this team. That was a good comparison, though. You think about it, Steve Smith early days as he was continuing to grow and get better. Man, this kid kind of relates to that. Yeah, man. So we'll see what Ryan Pace and the boys do, man. But Honestly, listeners, if you listen to this show, and I know a lot of people probably will say, what about Tevin Jenkins? Hey, we, me and A-Dub both love that kid, love the edge, love the nasty that he brings. If that was somebody that they decided to pick up, I wouldn't be upset with it. But however, I think that offensive tackles in this draft, there's so many good ones out there that you can wait to the third round to get that guy. Then you can right. get the quarterback in the fourth round, right? So I just think that there's other positions that we can be prioritizing. I mean, absolutely. If, if they're not traded up to get Justin Fields, then let's fill out some of these other positions. Get your absolutely. Develop, get your development quarterback in that fourth round. You'll be good. Get your offensive tackle in the third round, right? They That's kind of that. the yep. way I'm seeing it, right? Yep. Now in the later rounds, get your edge rusher, get a safety. Like there's a lot of different things that we could be looking at. Right. And I think you had a good point, Fred, about thinking about the makeup talent at positions, right? What's there at these positions? You're right. When it comes down to offensive tackles, it's enough talent for one of those in this draft class. It's enough talent. So people, anyone in the second or third round can pick a good one. Hell yeah. I mean, we detail so many of them just from that senior bowl. There's so many players out there. And I just think that getting that quarterback, I think is going to be premium. Because think about the way that this NFL is. This NFL has turned into a passing league. Yes. You need to have three guys to cover in this league. Right, right. Because you can't always hide in a zone, press. You can't always do that. At some point, you got to go man-to-man, right? At some point, and when you go man-to-man, can you contain? Can you guard for a few mm-hmm. seconds? Can you do that? If you cannot, that's what these guys be getting open on these slants and fully open, right? Getting yep. five, ten yards quick ones, you know, picking up first downs. Because guess what? You sit so much in zones because you can't cover anyone. Exactly. And shit, like you talk about five or ten yards. Think about a guy like that Jefferson kid from the Vikings. You get a guy like that with that speed and you let him get in that open field, he's taking a, a five, 10 yard play. And it's next to you know, 30 years later, you're like, how the fuck did he get 30 yards down the field? Exactly. Because you find out that we don't have the speed to keep up, right? So you need That's that right. speed, even his zone coverage. You still need some speed to get to the play. So if you know where it's going, you're going to have enough burst to get there. <laughs> Make something have deflected or intercepted. So at the end of the day, press that speed, that cover is going to matter. It's going to matter. For sure. Ab- absolutely, brother. Absolutely. Well, listen, before we get out of here, I'm going to detail what our bet was between me and A-Dub. We made another gentleman's <laughs> bet. <laughs> <laughs> so, if the Bears draft Caleb Farley, 
I'm going to owe A-Dub tickets for me and him to go to an upcoming game this season. So you guys know I'm a season ticket holder for the team. The We got a letter recently basically saying that they expect fans back in the stands again. So if A-Dub is correct in his uh, assertion that we're going to get Farley, well, guess what? A-Dub, we're going to a game, and we may end up having to go Instagram live with it so that way people can hear our thoughts as the game is going on. We'll figure that out. All right. If I'm correct, and if the Bears draft Greg Newsom, A-Dub has agreed to take me to a White Sox game because I am a diehard White Sox fan. He is a Chicago Cubs fan. Now, I know listeners, you're probably trying to wonder who would want to be a Cubs fan. I understand. I get it. I don't <laughs> understand it either. But nevertheless. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> hey, slow down with that, man. You slow down right now, friends. <laughs> Hey, man, hey, 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 no more slander on Cubs, man. That's it. You guys, only one game ahead of us. No slander when you one game ahead. Hey, but you know what? Still ahead. Listen, <laughs> if, if I got one more dollar in my pocket than you do, guess what? I got one more dollar in my pocket than you. <laughs> Get your soda there. Go ahead. There you go. I am. <laughs> so, but with that being said, though, with uh, no more uh, slander for his squad, if if I if I'm correct, he's agreed to uh, to get me uh, some tickets to the Sox game for us to go and chop it up. So either way, whichever way this thing goes, we're still going to probably go Instagram or YouTube live from the game, just where you guys can interact with us a little bit more. And obviously, we we want to continue to just do little fun bets here on the show for different parts of the segments that we do. So I thought this would be like a really really fun bet. We've been talking about these draft prospects a dub for months now. So shit, here's the moment of truth. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And a good thing for those who are listening, I wanted Prez to say, you know, I want you all to go on record. Who said the bet? Well, make sure you all heard it. Who, who about it came out of? Right? So when I win, there's no excuses on this episode. <laughs> no excuses. Hey, we all heard it from Prez. But hey, that bet is alive. That bet is right there, what we're going to do. And when I win, you know, we'll, we'll go ahead and join ourselves at the, at the, at the Bears game. So uh, yeah, okay. we'll chop it up. I'm looking forward to that. But anyhow, it's on record. <laughs> It is definitely on record. We'll probably have some listeners who say, what happens if they trade up? Well, guess what? That wasn't our bet. Our <laughs> bet is what they're going to do with 20. Now, right. <laughs> if neither one of our guys gets picked at 20, then guess what? We'll figure out another bet, and we'll discuss that in our Zoom draft party. So we had a lot of you guys that have reached out. We sent you links over for that party. And what we told you guys is, look, even though the draft is starting at 7 p.m., it's probably going to be a two- or three-hour thing. If some of you guys just want to pop in on the Zoom thing just to say what's up, have a quick drink and, and, and hang out for a second, hey, just come in and, and, and leave as you as you, as you you please. But A-Dub and I are going to be there the whole time to chop it up with whoever comes and enter the room. So as long as the Bears haven't made a draft pick, we're going to keep that Zoom thing going. And guess what? If the Bears do trade up, then me and A-Dub are going to have to, uh, we're going to have to do an audible on our bet. But we'll see what happens. Absolutely. But, Chris, at the end of the day, I'm looking forward to Everyone joining the Zoom call, um, the party with us. I'm looking forward to that. It'd be good to just hang out with you guys, have a good time. So I'm looking forward to that. But you, one thing your prayers mentioned, if we trade up, we all got a lot to talk about, <laughs> for sure. Oh, yeah. And I'm telling you, that Zoom, that Zoom, <laughs> and that Zoom baby jumping off. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, man. Exactly. I'm looking forward to that. But guess what? We all know that, hey, if anybody able to do that move like that, it's pace. It really is. It is. So we'll see what happens this week, listeners. 
We definitely look forward to jumping on Zoom with the people that are going to come on the draft party with us. It's going to be fun. And, man, without further ado, we are out. A-Dub, going to sign us off, bruh. Thanks for listening to the Barry Sanchez Podcast. You can find this show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and Google Podcasts. Thanks for your continued support of this podcast. Bears Nation, come down with us. Hey!